okay. by far the best of the three on that soundtrack. The other two could go die in a fire for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Music of the Year 2016 on Rhythm Encounter. This is our second episode of our traditional three-part mega episode extravaganza. I am your host, Caitlin Argeros. Link is our own the boards. And I am joined by two longtime friends of the show, Michael Mac Cunningham from RP Gamer. Greetings! How are you? I, well, we're all probably cold right now as of this recording. We're like, the entire country is racked with a Arctic chill and snowstorm craziness, but uh, other that than much that, is true. <laughs> I, I'm good and frosty this morning. As am I. I'm covered with blankets right now. And our other guest is Don Katowski from VGM Online. Hi, it's good to be back once again. Yes, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. I was saying in the pre-show that this has basically become a rhythm encounter tradition at this point, so thank you for keeping the tradition alive. Glad to do so. Not love, a problem. Love me some music. <laughs> well, let's let's start talking about that music. We have picks from both of you in our first block. Uh, we have Don, what did you pick for us? I chose something from the world of Final Fantasy, out of all the Final Fantasy soundtracks this year, that one was definitely my favorite. Um, and I chose an original tune, not one of the remixes, called World of Sunshine um, by Masashi Amauzu. Um And uh, it is used to accompany a beachside town, and I just think it fits the uh, locale quite well. So let's give it a listen. Awesome. And then, Mac, what is your pick for the block? My pick is as far away from that style as possible, not intentionally so, but I chose a track from Dark Souls 3 titled Soul of Cinder, and it's definitely not in the same vein as World of Sunshine is, but it's still pretty cool nonetheless. One of my favorites of the year. All right, so let's take a listen to World of Sunshine from World of Final Fantasy and Soul of Cinder from Dark Souls 3. Thank you. 
Don, I gotta say, I'm I'm so happy that you picked something from World of Final Fantasy. Uh, we've had a lot of our uh, editors at RPG Fan, uh, including myself, fell in love with the soundtrack. Um, we had several people included uh, in their their write ups for Music of the Year, but no one has who's that's on the show has picked a track from it. So I'm I'm so happy that you picked something so that we can talk about the amazing music in this soundtrack. All right, yeah, definitely. It was much more solid and cohesive than I than the other major Final Fantasy game this year, so I wanted to represent it since I figured that game would uh, probably get a little more playtime. Indeed. 
So I chose this one just because it's so bright and bubbly, and especially on a cold winter day like today, it kind of like makes you reminisce for warmer weather. But I also like how it uses the main theme and incorporates it quite well. Yeah, it's a beautiful melody, and I love how it's presented um, when the when the percussion and the bass pop in, and it suddenly got this great energy to it. It's like I don't know this. I could be driving along the coastline in a convertible or something on a perfectly bright, sunny day, and this would be like the perfect accompaniment for it. That kind of feel that you get from that is just—it's very—it it fits this the title of the track, "World of Sunshine," very aptly. So basically, you could be in Final Fantasy 15 driving along listening to it. This is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Preferably. I don't know why wasn't that music in the game that I could buy and play in the regalia. Hmm. DLC, that's why. That would be a good kind of DLC to add in to the World of Final Fantasy soundtrack, because you gotta have them all. Yeah. Along with uh, more music from 14, because there's only a handful of tracks from 14, and that's kind of sacrilege. <laughs> I would now, also agree with that. <laughs> where does this play within the game? Just kind of the overall... Um, well, since it's a amalgamation of the worlds of Final Fantasy, this actually plays in Besaid, or that rendition of Besaid, which looks totally different from actual Besaid, but <laughs> it is called Besaid, and, uh, but yeah, that's where it plays at, so I think it fits locale. I'm surprised they didn't use Besaid's name in this music, but that does feature somewhere else in a different, uh, Yes. In a different song, when you're riding on the back of a giant adamantus. I knew <laughs> I recognized riffs from that piece elsewhere in the soundtrack. I was like, that sounds like Besaid, but it, is it Besaid? I can't... Yeah, so... And that makes total sense that there would be riffs from Besaid in there, because it's Hamozu. That's fitting. Very fitting for this one. It's just a bright, happy, bubbly track, which seems to fit the whole theme of World of Final Fantasy. Just a cutesy, happy, friendly theme at least looking at the you know just looking at the box art and the artwork for everything it seems to be a good fit for that not to say the whole game is that way just the style of that track sounds it works really well yeah it's good thank you don now but going from that track to mac your pick um we were talking about this in the pre-show we couldn't i don't think have a larger contrast in style and in in the the feel of these tracks from going from happy world of final fantasy to dark dark souls definitely um and it, it was kind of strange this year and i was having um a little bit of trouble picking favorites for this year. Not that there wasn't great music, it was just harder to pick for me this year. And I kept going back to this track. I'm not one that has really loved the music from the past few Dark Souls games. I really loved the initial Demon Souls soundtrack. It was great and it seemed really unique. But it seems like since then, all of the Dark Souls soundtracks have just been this big, huge choir, just a lot of bombast, and it's just like, this one starts that same way with just, you know, it's so strong and epic and it just sounds like all of the other tracks. And that seems to be the style they've gone for there. 
But what I love about this track is how it incorporates about two and a half minutes in the initial theme. Like, can you really spoil Dark Souls? Uh, there's not really much story that's going to spoil in this, so hopefully nobody's going to get upset. No, but it. It, it blends in Wind's theme from the original Dark Souls just with all the bombast that's going on in the background and all of the chanting and the loud music and then you just hear the three piano notes come in and it just evokes Wind's theme from the original Dark Souls and those are the tracks that I've loved the most from these games have been the final boss themes because they typically aren't as dramatic aren't as loud aren't as they seem to be more subdued listening to German's theme from Bloodborne, Gwyn's theme from the original Dark Souls, um, even the Demon Souls final boss, um, whatever the big blob is thing that you're fighting, and I'm just drawing a blank on that right now, but a lot of the end boss themes have just been more subdued and kind of more peaceful, and it's really strange for a game like Dark Souls to have that. And this one starts off, you're thinking, oh, well, this is not what you're used to. And then it just blends into that. And I love how it transitions to that piano theme and it just becomes more mellow for the last half of the track. And that, that part right there is what really got me. It's just the contrast that it gives from the start to the end. And it kind of fits with the theme of the game itself a, a lot better because of that too. Yeah, I... Uh... I wasn't really feeling the first half of this track. I mean, it was it was definitely suitably epic with, you know, all the intense brass and the the, the, the chorus in the background. But I was just kind of like, okay, I, it's boss music, sounds like boss music. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, you get to that second half, and I fell in love with that second half. I, that, that uh, piano, and I, I want to say it's a viola because it sounds a little bit deeper than a violin um not 100% sure but that that combination worked really well and it's, it's this is final boss music so this this is playing even while you're still facing an enemy yes and when you first enter this arena it starts off with the typical dark souls style loud chanting music that like you said doesn't really make you love it but when you hear that, and then when it transposes into that slower, more melodic piece, that I think that contrast is really what gets me because you're kind of suffering through, you're fighting this boss, you're like, oh, you know, this is hard, this is a big rough boss, big challenge, and then it just kind of mellows out, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of sad <laughs> everything that you're going into it's not that the story itself is but just the music itself really invokes that for me and I, I love that transition that it makes yeah I think that's brilliant I have one question for you Mac where's the camera in my room because you pretty much wrote every said everything I wrote in my notes almost word for <laughs> word oh well we have that <laughs> problem often on Rhythm Encounter it seems <laughs> but yeah definitely the throwback to the the Lord of Cinder music, being that this is Soul of Cinder, makes sense. And I, as Caitlin said, thought that the intro was much, you know, cliched for the series. And I was like, I don't know where this is going. Because I haven't actually listened to a lot of the Dark Souls 3 music yet. Because I think Bloodborne has spoiled me. <laughs> yeah, it, 
I can agree. Most of the soundtrack is not as memorable, and I don't go back to it as much. But this one, when I first listened to it, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh, you know, just more of the same. And then I think I kind of skipped it a few times when I was going through listening to it. And then one time I just had the whole soundtrack just on loop, and it got to that part, and I was like, oh, I haven't actually... I hadn't actually made it to the boss yet at that time, so I didn't know how it fit into the, you know, the d- dynamic of the game itself. So I was like, "Oh, okay, this is different," and now I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out in game. And when you get to it in game, it is just as impressive to me. I think I've fought that boss probably 30, 40 times now, just helping other, helping other people, not trying to beat it myself. Um, but I just kind of got addicted to going back and helping people and listening to that. And every single time, the way it transitions, and again, I'm spoiler alert, skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled on Dark Souls 3's final boss, but it has two phases. So you're fighting that first phase, and when you take that first phase down, that's when it transitions into that second. So in game, you're hearing that first part as long as it takes you to get through that. When you get to the second phase, it transitions into that slower, more melodic theme. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is a totally different fight now. Oh, yes, yes, love it. (laughs) Even if the boss itself is kind of sad and pathetic and doesn't really make sense. But that's Dark Souls stories for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, good times. We have more music to go. So let's move on to our second block in which, Mac, you have our first pick. Yes, and this is um, a track from Final Fantasy XV, and it is more, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier too, Um, it's another kind of sinister sounding, darker sounding, I don't know why I like these darker sounding (laughs) or more sad and pathetic sounding pieces, maybe it's just my own mentality, and that's okay, Um, but this one is probably the biggest standout track for me in Final Fantasy 15, and that is Arden 2. Awesome. And Don, what is your pick? I chose a piece from Zero Time Dilemma called Interminable Dilemma, and I was very shocked to hear it um, almost within immediately starting the game because it's the very first credits theme you're most likely to hear um, due to the way that the game uh, plays out. Uh, So let's give it a listen. Let's do. Let's listen to Arden 2 from Final Fantasy XV and Interminable Dilemma from Zero Time Dilemma.
So very briefly before we start talking about the music, since we are discussing Final Fantasy XV, just I want to warn, there may or may not be spoilers. We're going to try to be as vague as possible about uh, this character that we're talking about. But uh, if they eke out, just if anyone is spoiler conscious, just feel free to skip ahead uh, a few minutes um, when we jump to the next track. Don't think it's going to be anything serious, but we just like to warn people if you're still in the middle of playing the game. So, Arden 2. Um, I gotta say, I love Arden's theme. I love Arden specifically as a character. He's my favorite character in the game, but I love his theme in particular. His um, The first version of this theme is really interesting, really kind of suits his role as a, as a trickster kind of character. But this version is excellent. It's the same theme. You can hear the riffs from the the first version, but it sounds so much more sinister and dark and evil. And it works really well when it plays in the game. Um, Certain things have happened that have sort of clarified who Arden is, and it's a very fitting uh, variation on his original theme to have it go down this 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 more is darker this is more threatening uh root even a little bit kind of creepy there are some spider strings at the end of the loop that make it sound very scary and that chapter was probably one of my favorite chapters in the entire game in part because of arden's uh participation in it and what he's doing yeah and you can't the the first time you meet him in game you know something's curious about him. He's the mysterious character in the game. He wants to help you. He wants to do things for you. He seems shady. Everything you know about him from the first second you see him just screams questionable. And that tends to be what this track does for me is just bring that whole mysterious aura into something that you're like, Oh, because you're getting reveals. You're you're understanding more about motivations. You're understanding what's going on there. And the track really brings that to light, that it's just, it's mysterious. It's kind of spooky at the same time. It's still got a little bit of light to it. It's not all just really bad, you know, bad things going on. There's just, it's just a sense of mystery you get with this whole track. And like you said, it just brings enough from the original to where you know it kind of is the same character theme, but it's just so more, much more mysterious, I think. And that's what I really fell in love with about this track. And sadly, I was not a huge fan of the soundtrack of 15 overall. There weren't a whole lot of tracks outside of both of Arden's themes that really stood out for me. Um, you know, Somnus is hard to pass up, but that one I've heard for years now, so it's like, it's not as fresh. <laughs> but this one really hit home and it made it just super impressive for me. I, I loved these tracks. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And thank you for picking it because I just love talking about Arden, so thank you for giving me that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I would mirror Caitlin's previous discussion. I really, I mean, out of the two, I much prefer the first one, um, just because I think it fits the character as you know him at that time, you know, to the T. 
and gives me a very like it gives me a classic Final Fantasy sound, kind of like you can hear the influence of a similar character from past games with Kefka, without necessarily having the same you know motivations. Kind of like can... Seymour. That's that's what really brought to mind for me. Yeah, actually, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Now he does kind of feel like because Seymour is also kind of vague, and that you you know that there's something off about him but he doesn't act like an outright bad guy no, initially right oh, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Didn't mean to in terms of the character no no in terms of the character i could see the seymour thing definitely more but it's like direct but the direct role like who arden is as you first meet him and his you know role in the world is very similar to you know kefka when you first meet him although kefka you know from the off of the start is you know a, a nut <laughs> but like I think that playful like curiousness that you hear in Kefka's theme can kind of be heard in Arden's theme as well the original Arden's theme and this this one definitely makes more sense given what you learn about you know the character as you progress through the game but is it my favorite version? No. It just it doesn't have as much character to me, but that's just my preference. I can definitely see that. And I know we'd kind of talked earlier about the differences between the two themes and I, I just end up choosing this one because it, it seems to just stand out more for me outside of the game as something that I'm like, ooh, that's kind of menacing to listen to i think the first time i listened to it i had it just playing on my laptop and my wife walked by and she was like "Ooh, that's freaking me out turn that off <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it it, it succeeds in that for sure <laughs> yes it does definitely and we better move on before i just start talking about everything that's awesome about arden because i will i'll do it um so let's <laughs> Let's move on, uh, Don, to your pick. I chose, as I mentioned before, In Terminal Dilemma by uh, Shinji Hosoe, who has composed all of the series in the, uh, all of the games in the Zero Escape uh, series, which wasn't originally planned to be a series, um, which is interesting because as you hear this credit theme, as it goes on, um, it's just sound, you know, it's it's beautiful, it's haunting, but then out of nowhere, because there's no indication that it's coming, um, a very like kind of like cathartic or nostalgic rendition of the classic theme Morphogenetic Sorrow from the very first game starts playing, and having you know, before I got to the point, I was like, where does this play? Is this like puzzle music? Is this, you know, cutscene music? It turns out it's actually credits music, but I heard it within the first five minutes of starting up the game, and I was like, what? <laughs> Did not expect that. The, the, the final credits, there's a variation. I don't have that one, unfortunately, but the final credit version, uh, elaborates a bit more on the overall sound heard in this tune. 
but I just think that it was, you know, a good way to kind of tie the whole series together. I was, uh, how do I describe this? From the very first, very start of the track, when when, when the 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 singing, uh, the I guess they're ooze that are being sing, yeah. kicked in. I was captivated. I wasn't expecting that that kind of sound at all, and it gives such a haunting quality to the music that I was just sort of enraptured and, and had to keep listening to it. There's so many cool things happening in this track. I love the. Um, the, the the interesting sort of background uh, percussion that's going on, kind of that that does remind me of um, other piece other works that I've heard from Hosoi. It has a kind of a little bit of a tech or a sci-fi feel to it, um, but I love the piano throughout. It's it's such a, an atmospheric uh, piano that create and, and melancholy throughout the entire piece, but in a in a good way, like, I mean, sometimes, you know, melancholy is, you know, that should be bad, I should be sad, but I was actually just loving that piano from start to finish. And the the latter half of the track, once it starts to get really atmospheric, and you've got the piano sort of rolling up and down, and um, we have a string playing with it as well, it's just, the entire piece from start to finish is really good, and I, um, I just say, I might find myself intentionally trying to get this credits seen as soon as possible just to listen to this piece well if when you get to the game it's not hard to do because <laughs> <laughs> i was like what <laughs> yeah everything about this track was just beautiful and i'm sad to say when i was playing the game i didn't like 50 percent of the time maybe 60 percent of the time i was having to play without uh, volume up so I didn't get to hear as much of the music in-game as possible as I would have liked. So I'd love to just listen to this whole soundtrack now because I had no idea what I was missing out on until I heard this. It's very impressive. It is. I was, I have to say, probably my favorite track of the episode. So congrats. You win an award, Don. Oh, I don't need any awards. <laughs> Well, in that case, I guess we'll head on to our third and final block in which, Mac, you're starting us off. What is your pick? My pick for this one is Wintery Arrival, which is highly appropriate for today because it's been a wintry arrival here at the, um, in town. But it's from Trails of Cold Steel 2, one of my favorites from last year, uh, musically and just overall. So... I chose this one. It was hard to pick just one from this soundtrack, but this one's the one that I, I kind of think was the most memorable for me throughout. It was one of my favorites too, so th thank you for picking it. And Don, what is your final pick? And I chose uh, a tune called Battlefield Activation FM version uh, by Yuzo Koshiro from the yet-to-be-announced for localization at Train Odyssey 5 um, because I wanted to choose something from one of my favorite RPG soundtrack series and especially now that despite being DLC um, is rectifying the wrongs of Train Odyssey 4 by not including the style of music that made the series, you know, the series start that retro kind of flavor. 
All right, well, let's listen to Wintry Arrival from Trails of Cold Steel 2 and Battlefield Activation FM version from Etrian Odyssey 5.
it's a uh, it's no secret that uh, I'm a huge fan of Falcom music and a huge fan of Trails of Cold Steel in particular. And Cold Steel 2's got... <clears throat> I didn't think it was possible because the original game is, you know, it's four discs of awesome music, but Cold Steel 2 really does live up and uh, in most cases even exceed that music. And uh, this is... I'm, I'm so happy you picked this one, Mac, because this is without a doubt one of my favorite tracks in the soundtrack. Um, in fact, I love it so much that I remember this this plays right as you're starting the game in the very first area that you get to explore, sort of like the the prologue area where you're re-familiarizing yourself with the game controls and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, I don't want to leave this area because I don't want <laughs> to, to lose this music. And then I was super happy when it pops up later in the game in like the largest uh, outright area in the game. And I was like, yes, I can hear it again. Because it's just, it's so good. Um, I love the, I, I don't, I'm not sure what it is. It's a, a marimba or a steel pan or, or a xylophone that's sort of in the background doing this uh, constant sort of ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's so good. And the melody <laughs> itself is perfectly kind of got that wintry feel to it. Um, I love the piano when it comes in later in the track and the key shift uh gives a, a real good sense of um, of movement and uh, and seriousness like we things things are happening we, we've got stuff to do let's let's go on and do it so thank you again for picking this oh gladly and it was hard not to because trails of cold steel 2 definitely a favorite from last year I, I love the series just in general all of the trails games have been fantastic for me and this one is probably one of the first times I've picked something off of one of these soundtracks. Well, I guess I did Cold Steel or Trails in the Sky. See, um, sorry, derailment there. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this track because, like you said, it's one of the first ones you get to. Uh, you're just kind of in your mirror. You're going through this wintry mountain area, getting to this wintry village, and it's just so. It's kind of between peaceful and again mysterious it's it's just got a little bit of fun factor to it that i just absolutely loved and there was so much from the soundtrack that i could have picked and a lot of the you know the boss themes are good and some of the you know more faster paced themes are more falcom but this one just really hit home for me and it stuck with me, like you said, from the first moment you hear it to when it returns later in the game. It's it's perfect. This one really just encapsulates how I felt about this game. It's just a great feeling playing through it, and this track really brings that into play. And everything you said just about the, the melody itself and all of the background things that are going on, just absolutely true. So perfect. Yeah, I haven't played the games yet i know it's probably considered a carnal sin at this point <laughs> i'm i'm slowly i mean what? by slowly i mean i'm <laughs> on the introduction mission of the first game like the very where like everyone's like why am i already level 50 kind of like <laughs> like why am i so strong this is the start of the game so i don't know how it'll play out um but i like how this you know it definitely has that winter vibe thanks to the piano or mm -hmm. At least I think that's a piano. <laughs> but I also like how it's very atmospheric without sacrificing melody. Exactly. 
I think that's a perfect explanation of how this kind of feels, and that that just seems to be the way the game goes just overall, and I, I love that about it. Yeah, I can't get enough of the music uh, in this game, and the game itself is so good, and... Um, Needless to say, uh, I'm very much anticipating the soundtrack for Cold Steel 3, which uh, we will undoubtedly get uh, later this year when it comes out in Japan. Let's, uh, I guess, move on to the final pick for the episode from Don from, uh, this is a mouthful, but I'll say it again, Battlefield Activation FM version. Um, We were talking about this over the break, but I want to bring it up again. So... What's this FM version business for people who aren't in the know with the uh, the Etrian Odyssey series? Okay, so in the first three games of the series, all for the Nintendo DS, all of the music was done using, um, there's the FM version, which is a type of synth famous in uh, for the Sega Genesis. That's where most people know of this type of music. So if you get a very nostalgic feeling from the song, it's probably because you grew up with uh, Sega Genesis. And when it moved to the 3DS with Etrian Odyssey 4, they scrapped the FM versions and only did uh, live versions, and a lot of people were not happy about it. Uh, I would say myself was, I was mildly disappointed, um, just because I liked that type of music, but you know, I also enjoyed the Etrian Odyssey 4 soundtrack for what it was. Um, and then, they remade the first two games and took all the old FM tunes and, you know, arranged them for live instruments, composed new complete music uh, for live instruments, and then made FM versions of those. And you could switch on the fly in the game between uh, the two whenever you were able to access your settings menu. Uh, so I guess with the Etrian C5, uh, they went back to the roots, you know, it's... There's no subclassing anymore, so it's similar to the first few games. But they gave an FM version as downloadable content because that's the direction Atlas is moving in, it seems. Uh, (laughs) So that if you wanted to, you could switch on the fly or only have the FM version if you wanted. So that's what this is, and this plays at the... uh, as the first normal battle theme that you will hear in the first three labyrinths or stratum as they are usually translated in English. Well, that's definitely nice that they they give you the option to, to, for that, to have that, you know, and, you know, to have a different kind of sound because RPGs can take a while and it's nice to have uh, different versions of music. I mean, we, we were talking about World of Final Fantasy at the beginning of the show, and I know that in World of Final Fantasy, you can choose uh, what battle themes you want to play, uh, if you want to use the um, the remixes of the traditional Final Fantasy music or whatnot, and that, that obviously that helps. I kind of wish that more games would, um, would do that, would uh, give you the option of choosing different versions of the battle theme, or... Uh, or just entirely different pieces of music, um, a la, say, like, for instance, Fire Emblem. But this is, you know, this is good old uh, Yuzo Koshiro. You know, I, I love the, uh, the the beat, and it's got a catchy uh, melody to it, um, both this version and, of course, the, um, the orchestral version. 
Um, so lots of, of good energy there, and uh, I can see this this being a good accompaniment for um, for battles and such. Oh yeah. Now, just out of curiosity, was this block a total coincidence that the first one was from Falcom, and then the second tune was someone who used to work for Falcom? That is a total coincidence. Yes, <laughs> I did not. I did not do that intentionally. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I chose this because the the melody is just top notch and it's just full of unbridled energy and fun. Yeah, everything about all of these Etrian Odyssey battle themes has always seemed very energetic and just super hyped up, like ready to destroy everything kind of music. Da, 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 da. Just <laughs> there's always a, a good drive they have to them, and this one kind of goes right along with that. I like that. Yeah, it's a great track and a great um, energetic piece to to end the show on. Uh, get people a little little hyped up, uh, pumped up. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm saying that because it is the end of the show. Um, another awesome rhythm encounter, uh, but there's more to come. This is only part two of our three-part episode, uh, music of the extravaganza. So we will have more. Um, the last episode will, of course, feature. Uh, picks from your hosts uh, so look forward to that we've we've got a lot of good music still to come but for this episode we're gonna we're gonna sign off as usual I uh, will remind people to please uh, rate and review us on iTunes subscribe to the podcast uh, using whatever uh, program app you use to follow all your podcasts uh, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us uh, on the boards. Send us an email at music at rpgfan.com. And also, by all means, if you would like to get in touch with either of our guests today, uh, Mac and Dom, would you like to tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you? Uh, sure. You could reach me at, uh, by email, if you would prefer, at dom at vgmonline.net. And Mac? Yeah, the quickest way to get in touch with me would probably be via Twitter, at uh, FinalMaxStorm. And you're welcome to email me if you'd like, MaxStorm at RPGamer.com. Be glad to chat with you if you have any kind of music things you want to talk about or anything related to RPGs or handheld games or anything like that. Yes, you love you love uh, Team Handheld, I know. <sighs> yes, a little obsessive, but somebody's got to be. That is, yes, I am all for that as a... Uh, proud Vita mama myself. I'm very much a fan of Team Handheld. Go Team Handheld! <laughs> yep, me too. I have a Vita right next to me. <laughs> oh, you're making me so happy. My constant... Com- I take it to work with me every day and I play a little bit of it during my lunch break. I wish yes. I could. I'm too busy. But I usually <laughs> eat at my desk. But otherwise I would. Ah, uh, well, fantastic. I will thank both of you gentlemen for joining us and keeping this rhythm and counter tradition alive. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners for uh, sticking through another year with us and checking out our awesome uh, uh, music of the year picks. The awesome in that the music is awesome, not that we are awesome for picking it. Although if you want to think of it that we're awesome for picking it, I won't stop you. Um, Taking us out on our episode, we always have an outro pick. Uh, this year, we asked some of our listeners to send us what they really liked for music of this year, and we had a couple of our uh, most passionate listeners send in tracks, so we figured we would feature them as outro picks this year. 
For this episode, we've got a trio of selections from Stardew Valley, uh, which is sort of an indie uh, farming simulator game, uh, which we did feature, I think we got it, We gave it at least one nod in our uh, Game of the Year feature. Um, these are coming from our listener, Arvis. So thank you, Arvis, for, uh, for listening and for picking out some music for us. So taking us out for this episode will be In the Deep Woods, followed by Dance of the Moonlight Jellies, and then finally Fall, the Smell of Mushroom from Stardew Valley.
it was a constant struggle not to want to stab Tama in the face through my television. <laughs> oh, I don't know the what you're talking the about with Tama the. And the last time I played it, I you know every time you start, you always hear someone say World of Final Fantasy, depending on a different voice actor every time. And of course, the last time I fire up the game ever. It says, World of the Final of the Fantasy. And I'm like, God, kill me now. <laughs> oh. 